0: I'm Elliot Berman, Creative Director at AML RightSource, and I'm welcoming you to another episode of Frankly Speaking, where I sit down with our CEO, Frank Ewing, and discuss various business topics. Today, we have a couple of guests with us, and uh, Frank's going to introduce those in a moment. And our general topic today is we're going to talk about careers and career paths. So Frank, first, why don't you introduce uh, our, our company, and then we'll, uh, uh, we'll get going.
1: We'll do, Elliot. You know, we're still obviously here in our pilot phase, so I'd like to thank uh, my mom for viewing 46 times last week. <laughs> and, uh, our deep following in Peru, so to all the Peruvians out there, we do appreciate the clicks. Um, and uh, I figure I would bring in some backup this week to to maybe make it a little bit more interesting. But um, so yeah, we have uh, uh, two uh, really really sharp folks uh, with us today to talk on the topic of the career. And I'll let them kind of talk a little bit about their own bios, but uh, that'd be Sam Russo, who's a partner at a private equity firm, uh, Lorraine Capital, um, and Ryan Simo, the group vice president, um, and uh, running many areas in the operational function um, at M&T Bank. Um, so I thought today, you know, we could talk a little bit about the the winding road of career, uh, both at entry level and and working your way up through um, kind of executive level, um, and, and just kind of things, and we've kind of noticed and. And, and maybe some insights that we have as well as maybe some questions that are still out there. So I don't know, Ryan, if you want to introduce yourself and-, and, and
2: Sure. Yep. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. And I think I was one of the 46 views. So it was uh, very well done. So I'm pl- glad to be here. But no, I appreciate it. I, uh, as Frank mentioned, I manage our consumer business banking and marketing risk group, as well as all of our branch operations at m Bank. I've been in the business for 23 years and Moved all over the place, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we talk about career pathing and the value of doing that. Uh, but I, I effectively support seven different distinct first-line risk organizations within m and that include business banking, retail banking, consumer lending, digital banking, our telephone contact centers, um, our client services, internal help type group, um, a, as well as um, a variety of other branch operational type items that we do as well. So glad to be here. So I appreciate it, Frank. Cool.
3: So I guess I can go next. Um, Sam Russo, um, managing director and partner with Lorraine Capital, and uh, senior advisor to AML Right Source. Um, hopefully, Frank, I can help us double our viewership. Maybe, maybe I could get my mom to give us maybe forty-six or even forty-seven clicks this week. Uh, you know, it's aspirational. Um, I, I'm kind of the poster child for a non-traditional career path, and so when I think about you know career paths, I think that. Yeah, they come in all shapes and sizes and trajectories, and um, you know they're 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 filled with all sorts of different road signs that you know you could choose to take and not. Um, and I'm excited to talk about that because there's some certainly some common themes for me, and they all revolve around people, um, which I'd I'd be excited to talk about.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Sam and Ryan. So let's uh, Frank. Let me kick off a question with you, and that is. Um, in this crazy environment, and we talked about that last month, um, not only do we have operating challenges that we've never seen before, but I think young grads coming out of school and even people going into college or um, a non-college track thinking about how to get into a career um, is pretty mind bending. So um, what are your thoughts about how uh, folks at the beginning of this journey should be f- thinking about it in this unusual environment.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the the first thing, and I, you know, we do these, um, you know, kind of as we've been hiring people, you know, we do these kind of uh, town halls where I'll I'll chat with the new hires for like half hour to an hour, just about pretty much anything. And um, it, and one of the themes that I've I've kind of told them, and I know this may sound a little like self destructive, is that it's okay to be wrong. You know, it, it's okay if this isn't. Your career, you know, Um, but you're you're not going to know until you you actually get in and start doing something. Um, And you know, this is from somebody who used to be a lawyer, somebody who used to be in banking, you know, somebody used to do a whole whole host of things. Um, It's okay to to be wrong as long as you take pride in what you're doing in your, in your day-to-day job, right? As long as you respect the value proposition, right, of the exchange for, you know, hard work uh, for, for a paycheck and take pride in what you do for the organization. Um, you know, it's a whole other question when that value proposition falls out of line for, for the particular employee. But, but it's okay to be wrong. And, and so, you know, jump into something, learn a skill. Um, and even if you find out that you don't like what you're doing, Trust me, you will learn so many lessons along the way, whether it's how to handle a difficult boss or 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 maybe a a new actual technical trade in terms of technical writing um, or or investigation as far as, you know, what we do. But but if you're paying attention and you're prideful in your work, really, there's no wrong answer. So, you know, the the truth of the matter is try something, right? (laughs) Right? Try something. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have college loans. Try something faster, right? You know what I mean. Like, it's it's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be solved for. And you know, I was chatting with my wife about this. Like, you know, um, does it even make sense to have like a college major? You know, like maybe, like you know, if you're really good at math or science, you probably shouldn't waste that. But you know, for the rest of us, you know, we, or maybe I should speak for myself. For me, you know, who maybe not so mathematically or scientifically inclined. Like, you know, how do you know? How can you be 22 and know what what where you're going to be or what you want to do? So. That's my, my spin on it, but it certainly yeah. you, what you guys have. Yeah,
0: Ryan, what give, give us your thoughts.
2: Well, I think it's interesting what Frank said. I mean, I, I can speak to that. I mean, I started at the bank in 1998, and here it is, you know, 2021. And in between, I went to school, that I worked at a different place down in D.C. at the time. I went back to school for my MBA. But it probably wasn't until, quite honestly, 2011 that I felt like I really understood what I wanted to do and what I was good at. So, For the first part of my career, I was in retail banking, sales management, all that stuff. And and I enjoyed it, but I I knew I wanted to do something different. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I only, but it was by process of elimination. I went into a individual contributor uh, uh, bank-wide project. And I realized after about a year, I wasn't very good at that. And so I could check the box and say, that's not something I had a lot of passion for. I wasn't very good at it as a result. I shouldn't put the bank in a position of saying, "Put me in for another one of those," because I wouldn't have been able to do my best. And but what that ended up doing was leading me down a path of getting involved in understanding offshoring, which was just a random thing I never thought I'd be in it. But I did that for two or three year, or two years or so, and I enjoyed it because I learned this new arrow in the quiver that I could use as I went forward in my career. And then what happened in that moment was then my career kind of took off on its own. I mean, I didn't really drive it personally. It wasn't like I said, hey, I wanna go do that. I started to be viewed as somebody who could do a variety of different things. And I think that goes back to Frank's point that I, it was okay to be wrong halfway through my career thus far to say, geez, I, I'm not really great at that particular part of my job. But then at that, it's like a pivot point. And all of a sudden then you have opportunities that spring up that you just take them, even though they don't seem like they're in your wheelhouse. You take them and you learn, And all of a sudden your value in the organization just grows because now you're a a very good general manager with a lot of good general knowledge that you can apply in all different parts of the organization. So, so I I agree with Frank. I I just think that it is okay to be wrong and it's okay to say that you're not very good at some things so that it sets the path for things that you are very good at. And I think that's
0: important. Sam.
3: Yeah. These are all great points. I mean, you know, for me, I think about the, the things that have brought me to where I am, uh, in my career um, it, 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 at the outset you know even even before college and high school you know having having kind of a broad thematic vision for you know what the future looks like and where you want to head so you know for example, entrepreneurship for me was a theme that that um, always resonated. I looked at uh, you know uh, friends and family growing up that you know um, led what i you know, believed to be an aspirational lifestyle and and all of them were entrepreneurs. They had started businesses that they were passionate about. Um, and that, that passion really, really fueled a lifetime that, you know, uh, of work that became a vocation and a passion. Um, so, you know, so for me, it's, it's, you know, kind of focusing on that thematic element, uh, for me, it was entrepreneurship. Um, for others, it would be obviously different. Um, you know, and two is focusing on people. Um, so, Uh, you know, every, every phase of my career, I mean, I I started my career at Ernst & Young, um, I quickly realized that public accounting was not going to be the end destination for me. Um, But, you know, I started there. And this goes back to Frank's point about being willing to try stuff, being willing to be wrong. But no matter what you try, you have to put yourself into it all the way, you have to give it everything you have. um, And realize that, you know, as long as this thing that you're doing, and the skill set that you're gaining is you know, one foot, one step or multiple steps on the path towards, you know, advancing along the continuum towards that aspiration or, or kind of theme that you have. And it, it adds a ton of value. And, and, and the reality of it is, you know, so my time at Ernst & Young, um, you know, it was two and a half short years. I worked super hard, but it in so many ways, it laid the foundation for the career that I have now, the vocation that I have now, my, my partnership at Lorraine Capital, the other businesses I'm involved in. Um, you know, in, in a few ways. One, it gave me this, you know, just foundational understanding of how business is transacted. It doesn't matter whether it's a service business or it's manufacturing or it's distribution or it's e-commerce. It doesn't matter what it is. You understand how business is transacted. You understand how to measure performance. You understand how to how to build a budget. You understand how to measure against that budget and how to analyze change. Um And at the same time, I got to work with some exceptional people that are some of my closest friends and people that I've transacted business with over the last 20 years. Um, So, you know, for me, it's, it's been, you know, thinking about that kind of visionary eyes on the horizon thing, um, understanding that you can't, you can't go from A to Z all in one step. And as long as you're, you know, somewhere taking steps along that alphabet, um, that's probably a good thing.
1: Yeah. I, I think you just touched on something that's interesting is, um, is speed, right? Because that, you know, it, it, it's not just you know, when, when you're bringing people on. And look, I don't believe in this whole millennial, zennial, Gen X stuff. I think that's, that's a bunch of garbage. People are people, and if anything, you know, it, it's, our, it's, it's our fault or our parents' fault for, for raising people in a particular way, right? Like You can't blame people who are product of their environment. We live in a fast society. And it just uh, with you know instantaneous feedback and reaction. So it's not surprising that you have a generation of new employees who want things to happen quickly, right? You know, this, this is a very fast place, right? Um, and so, you know, the thing that I try to counsel people is, you know, you do have to build some techni- technical acumen at some point, right? It can't be all all promotion all the time. And so there is this whole notion of of cadence and and how do you coach people through cadence? You know, um, there's some jobs that obviously require some technical experience to get to the next level. There's other jobs where maybe it's a little bit more subjective. And and so I don't know how you guys go about kind of coaching people on speed. You know, what we try to do is is, is obviously have pretty clear, um, you know, Pretty clear goalposts in, in terms of you know the technical skills that somebody needs to have to get to the next level, but you know that is is certainly a, a challenge I think of, of both the employee and of management is, is those expectations on career cadence. And I don't know what you guys have done to to kind of help you know people in your your uh, org organization to, to think through that.
2: Yeah, I'll take a shot at that one, Frank. I think I think you're right. I mean, we bring in. Upward of a hundred recent college graduates into a management training program every single year, and been doing that for over 30 years. I mean, I came through in '98. It was just 35 people, and it's it's tripled in size because the banks obviously fairly tripled or quadrupled in size since that time. And and what I've noticed over time is if you go back 10, 15 years for those younger folks coming out and coming into the workforce, yeah, there was there's always this. I want to keep moving up, and they saw this linear path. So if you were in a, pot, a spot in the bank where you had a very clear progression, that's what people wanted to do, and they wanted to get there as quickly as they could. That's changed a bit though. I mean, that, that's changed because um, what's, what's driving uh, cadence now, I think, are these big events that seem to happen every couple of years, whether it be regulatory in nature, whether it be some sort of internal uh, organizational shift that's happened, that's, that's a big thing whether it be things that happen out in the ether, like PPP, you know, where you designate and put hundreds of people off of their day job into doing stuff like that. And that includes these recent college grads that have been deployed to help with these things, you know, and and there'll be other ones too. Those big moments that either are driven by the organization or are driven upon you by outside forces. Those are the things that I think if you can find a way into those, whether it be in the center of it or on the periphery, that's what's going to ultimately drive your career forward less so than it was maybe 10 15 years ago when i think a lot of what drove it forward was how can i tell people how quickly i want to move ahead and hopefully they'll hear me and they'll just move me ahead now it's 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 not the same so i think for the younger folks that are coming in and i talk to a lot of them now we have several at work for us it's about uh, being in the moment of whatever's happening to say that you were part of something that was bigger than just the day-to-day. And I, and I think, to me, that's going to help people recalibrate how quickly they think they can move to the organization because you're starting to realize what you don't know. Wow, I didn't even realize this part of the organization existed. Now I do. Hmm, maybe I'm not really ready to move as quickly as I thought this year, and I want to learn more about what I'm doing now. So I think these big moments that are happening and have happened are going to continue to change people's perspectives and, and cadence under the career movement going forward. And that's not a bad thing. I just think it's going to help them want to stay in one place for a little bit longer to
3: learn a little bit more that they realize they didn't know. Sam? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I've got, I've got a bit of a different spin on this. I mean, I had after Ernst and Young, in a 16 year career, I've had really two sharp turns, um, which I, I forgot what the statistics are on how many Complete career changes a person will have over the course of their career, but I've already checked that box twice. Um, I had the fort good fortune of of uh, working at and then becoming a partner and running uh, an executive search firm based here in Buffalo called Select One. That um, you know, we early in my career there, I placed um, hundreds of people, and and a lot of them were I'd say mid career. Uh, and this question came up all the time. You know what's the opportunity for advancement at this at this job, at this company? Um, you know how quickly will I be promoted? And I and I always kind of I don't know I always kind of bristled with that question a little bit, um, because for me and and the advice that I would give people is look, you know you need to you need to go there and focus on two things, and, and the details will kind of suss themselves out over the course of time. You know, the first thing is what is success in that role? What what is the successful outcome in that role? You know, how will your success or lack thereof be measured in that role? Um, And if if that successful outcome aligns with your skill set, aligns with what you're equipped to do, um, aligns with your experience and you feel like you can knock it out of the park, focus on executing that. Go do it. You know, do it. Don't don't focus on these conversations with your superiors and with, uh, you know, your coworkers about your advancement. Focus on being exceptional at your job and two is focus on building relationships with the people that you report to and the people that you're working shoulder to shoulder with. I I've I found in my career that if, you know, as I've done those things, that served me really, really well. I think far too often people, you know, spend time, you know, kind of trying to chart this like pecking order of, well, so-and-so's, you know, got seniority or, you know, this person's been here longer. And, you know, this person maybe has this experience that I don't have, so they're going to be promoted before I do. And I think – I just think all that needs to be thrown out the window. Um, you know, in – in re- really, in every part of my career, you know, both in terms of my own I guess, advancement along the continuum of, you know, where I was to where I am, and also in terms of people that I've observed, people that I've mentored – uh, people that I interacted with in the placement world, and and now at our portfolio companies at, at Lorraine Capital. So Lorraine itself is a very lean organization. It's it's literally just four partners, four equal partners. Um, but our portfolio of companies, I mean, at one at one point we had you know almost five hundred million dollars in revenue under management and and a thousand employees. Um, you know, and so managing those, you know, kind of discrete cultures and, and doing that through executive management teams, you know, understanding how to develop a workforce is, is a really important thing, but you know, that, you know, is an executive providing opportunity and a good culture to an organization. It's imperative that people understand how they're going to be measured, understand what a successful outcome looks like, because you know, you can have a, a brilliant person, but to the extent that they don't understand how they're going to be measured, to the extent that they don't understand what exceptional performance is going to look and mean, um, it's it's really hard for them to get there. Um, so, you know, the kind of two different spins on it is one from you know being the person and what you should focus on, which is, you know, from my perspective, exceptional performance and in, in achieving success in, in your role, in your function, driving successful outcomes and building world class relationships.
1: Can I hit on something real quick here, Sam? Because I want to like double click on two, which is the relationship things. Because sometimes I think there's this there's this natural um, kind of push and pull um, or, or healthy tension when you talk about kind of relationships. On the one hand, you can't be successful in business if you're you know the in team you know kind of guy or gal, right? Like you know it is a team sport. It it, it absolutely. Absolutely. Is a sport. At the same time other people aren't responsible for your career, right? Um, and, and so it's this interview, you know, you can't mentor your way, right, into an executive placement, right? It's, it's just not going to happen, right? Um, and, and so there's this really healthy kind of tension between it being a team sport, but you still being the CEO of U Corp. And, and I think a lot of people, as you, go up, as you go up the chain, kind of struggle with that a little bit. Like, at the end of the day, like, nobody is going to care about you the way you do. And that's not to say that, mm-hmm. that you know, this is some sort of Hobbesian <laughs> world we live in. It's just true, right? Like you're responsible yeah. for your career, but you're also part of a team. And so managing that, I think, especially not necessarily for the entry level folks where they don't have those types of conflicts, but as you start to move up, especially in the middle management, like what a challenge that
0: you know what a challenge so that's great that's a great transition uh we're kind of running to the end of our time so what i'd like to do is a little lightning round my question is for each of you and frank i want you to go last is uh what is um what was the one real differentiator that accelerated your personal career journey to get you to the executive level that you're at now so ryan can you kick that off
2: uh the ability to uh adapt to change very quickly to do things that were not considered in my wheelhouse even you know the day before I was asked to do them. And then quite honestly, relocating several times across the, the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic um, and being willing to do that were the big things. Now that's probably changing a little bit in the virtual world, whether there's a premium on that anymore, I don't know. I think in some places there will be, but um, those would be the, the things that probably accelerated it the most.
0: Sam?
3: I'd have to say uh, a couple of leaders or mentors that I was fortunate enough to build relationships with that uh, uh, forced me to look at myself, the skills that I had, and to believe in them.
0: Frank.
1: Risk, um, you know, understanding, um, you know, what the risks are of doing something or not doing something and being, you know, kind of unafraid and unabashed about taking calculated risks in your career. And, um, you know, if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, you're probably not going to advance. And and that's probably as succinctly as I can say it.
0: Well, I want to thank each of you um, for uh, a really insightful conversation. This is one that uh, uh, all of us have had many times in our careers, and all the people who watch this will uh, be provoked to think about how they're really focusing on as Frank, you said being the CEO of U Corp, uh, a great thing to walk around and remember. Uh, Will for those of us, uh, those of you who've joined us this month, we'll be back next month with a new topic. So please watch for that, and watch for our other podcasts under our AML Conversations podcast channel. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.